Chapter Seven of the Inevitable. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Inevitable by Louis Cooperus. Translated by Alexander Tejera de Matos. Chapter Seven. At the hotel, however, he spoke to Cornelie politely as though there had been no embarrassment no wrangling interchange of words between them and he even asked her quite simply because his mother and sisters had some calls to pay that afternoon whether they should go to the palatine together i passed it the other day she said indifferently and don't you intend to see the ruins no why not they don't interest me i can't see the past in them i merely see ruins but then why did you come to rome he asked irritably she looked at him and could have burst into sobs i don't know she said meekly i could just as well have gone somewhere else but i had formed a great idea of rome and rome disappoints me how so i find it hard and inexorable and devoid of feeling i don't know why but that's the impression it makes upon me and i am in the mood at present which somehow makes me want something less insensible and imperturbable he smiled come along he said come with me to the palatine i must show you rome it is so beautiful she felt too much depressed to remain alone and so she put on her things and left the hotel with him the cabmen outside cracked their whips vole vole they shouted he picked out one this is gaetano he said i always take him he knows me don't you gaetano si signorino cavallo di sangue signorina said gaetano pointing to his horse they drove away i am always frightened of these cabmen said cornelie you don't know them he answered smiling i like them I like the people they're nice people you approve of everything in rome and you submit without reserve to a mistaken impression why mistaken because that first impression of rome as hard and unfeeling is always the same and always mistaken yes it's that look we are driving by the forum whenever i see the forum i think of miss hope and her orange lining he felt annoyed and did not answer this is the palatine they alighted and passed through the entrance this wooden staircase takes us to the palace of tiberius above the palace on the top of the arches is a garden from which we look down on the forum tell me about tiberius i know that there were good and bad emperors we were taught that in school tiberius was a bad emperor wasn't he he was a dismal brute but why do you want me to tell you about him because otherwise i can take no interest in those arches and chambers then let us go up to the top and sit in the garden they did so don't you feel rome here he asked i feel the same everywhere she replied but he seemed not to hear her it's the atmosphere around you he continued you should try to forget our hotel to forget belloni and all our fellow visitors and yourself when anybody first arrives here he has all the usual trouble about the hotel his rooms the table d'hote the vaguely likable 
or dislikable people you've got over that now clear your mind of it and try to feel only the atmosphere of rome it's as if the atmosphere had remained the same notwithstanding that the centuries lie piled up one above the other first the middle ages covered the antiquity of the forum and now it is hidden everywhere by our nineteenth-century craze for travel there you have miss hope's orange lining but the atmosphere has always remained the same unless i imagine it she was silent perhaps i do he continued but what does that matter to me our whole life is imagination and imagination is a beautiful thing the beauty of our imagination is the consolation of our lives to those of us who are not men of action the past is beauty the present is not does not exist and the future does not interest me do you never think about modern problems she asked the woman question socialism peace well yes for instance no he smiled i think of them sometimes but not about them how do you mean i get no further that is my nature i am a dreamer by nature and my dream is the past don't you dream for yourself no of my soul my inner self no it interests me very little have you ever suffered suffered yes no i don't know i feel sorry for my utter uselessness as a human being as a son as a man but when i dream i am happy how do you come to speak to me so openly he looked at her in surprise why should i be reticent about myself he asked i either don't talk or i talk as i am doing now perhaps it is a little odd do you talk to everyone so intimately no hardly to anybody i once had a friend but he's dead tell me i suppose you consider me morbid no i don't think so i shouldn't mind if you did oh how beautiful it is here are you drinking rome in with your very breath which rome the rome of antiquity under where we are sitting is the palace of tiberius i see him walking about there with his tall strong figure with his large searching eyes he was very strong he was very dismal and he was a brute he had no ideals farther down over there is the palace of caligula a madman of genius he built a bridge across the forum to speak to jupiter on the capitol that's a thing one couldn't do nowadays he was a genius and a madman when a man's like that there's a good deal about him to admire how can you admire an age of emperors who were brutes and mad because i see their age before my eyes in the past like a dream how is it possible that you don't see the present before you with the problems of our own time especially the eternal problem of poverty he looked at her yes he said i know that is my sin my wickedness the eternal problem of poverty doesn't affect me she looked at him contemptuously you don't belong to your period she said coldly no have you ever felt hungry he laughed and shrugged his shoulders have you ever pictured yourself leading the life of a laborer of a factory girl who works until she's worn out and old and half deaf for a bare crust of bread 
Oh, those things are so horrible and so ugly. Don't talk about them, he entreated. The expression of her eyes was cold. The corners of her lips were depressed, as though by a feeling of distaste, and she rose from her seat. Are you angry? he asked humbly. No, she said gently. I am not angry. But you despise me, because you consider me a useless creature, an aesthete, and a dreamer. No, what am I myself that I should reproach you with your uselessness? Oh, if we could only find something, he exclaimed, almost in ecstasy. What? An aim, but mine would always remain beauty, and the past. And if I had the strength of mind to devote myself to an aim, it would above all be this, bread for the future. How abominable that sounds, he said, rudely, but sincerely. Why didn't you go to London or Manchester, one of those black manufacturing towns? Because I hadn't the strength of mind, and because I think too much of myself, and of a sorrow that I have had lately, and I expected to find distraction in Italy. And that is where your disappointment lies. But perhaps you will gradually acquire greater strength, and then devote yourself to your aim bread for the future i shan't envy you however bread for the future she was silent then she said coldly it's getting late let us go home End of chapter seven